Welcome to Rope Access Tips, Tricks and Chats. As always, I'll be your host, Lee Greenwood, and I'd like to say welcome to this episode. This week, um, we're going through the archives of safety bulletins again. Um, We're going to look at safety bulletin number 32. This is for back in 2014, so a few years ago. This is to do with um, some strain injuries that had happened at the time, um, and I'd rather give them some guidance on that something that I really want to talk about with uh, technicians working in the industry. So um, we'll have a look at this and then we'll have a bit of a chat about my thoughts as well on a few different things. As always, uh, if you haven't yet, follow the uh, podcast wherever you listen to them. It would be amazing. Let your friends know about it. They don't know what you're listening to in your headphones, so maybe share that you're listening to RATAC, Rope Access Tips, Tricks and Chats. But let's uh, crack straight on with um, this uh, Irada Safety Bulletin. So I'm going to run through, uh, there's a few incidents that have happened, various um, strains that have happened, and then we'll look at what the recommendations are from our ARTA, from the ICOP, and then recommendations for if you are finding yourself in these situations. Hopefully everybody learns something, and then we'll have a bit of a chat about um, our bodies and how we use them and all of that stuff. So uh, the first uh, incident that gets reported is... There was some uh, blasting going on. Um, I'm assuming this is uh, in heavy industry because it was in some pipe work and technician felt a pulling sensation in his left shoulder uh, when applying pressure. Technician came down and reported to the medic. So um, it was pretty smart. He stopped what he was doing, uh, came down. There was no rescue required. He got himself safely down to the ground, reported himself to the medic. So pretty smart. If things start hurting, you're not happy with it, definitely get yourself out of there. And then the other one, uh, there was a uh, technician climbing um, after lunch, climbed uh, through pipe racks between the pipes, um, and he experienced uh, pain in his shoulder. So um, obviously doing some sort of aid climbing. Um, he was safe. He was sitting on the pipes, and he alerted, alerted his uh, teammates that he uh, had felt some pain. So they initiated a rescue, and the uh, supervisor climbed out to him, um, attached a three-to-one hauling system to the technician and hauled him out to safety. Um, technician was taken out of his harness and he walked away and was escorted to the uh, to the medic. It was later found that he had uh, dislocated his shoulder. So obviously that caused significant pain. So did the right thing, got himself safe as soon as he could, reported himself to his uh, supervisor, his level three, and then they got him out of there by, sounds like quite a simple rescue system. And then... Um, the medic was able to uh, work out that he had a dislocated shoulder, so it wouldn't have been a fun day at the office, but at least I dealt with that one really well. Uh, another one, another part of the body. Um, while performing some rigging work, a technician felt pain in his groin after repositioning. Um, he evacuated to the uh, to the ground. After resting for a while, the, the pain was still present, so um, he reported to the, uh, the rig medic, you know, just another one offshore. It was examined. Um, the technician passed a full medical um, and has worked again in the industry. Um, but um, at the time, had this groin injury, so no real outcome from that. There was no rescue required. He just got himself to the ground once again, being pretty smart, you know, feeling some pain. Something's not right, so he got himself out of harm's way, got himself down to the ground safely. With um, all of these scenarios, they're all um, offshore scenarios, so as we know, um, anybody who's going offshore needs to pass a uh, medical. Um, I'm not sure how 
thorough these medicals are for the type of work that we do. You know, a lot of guys go offshore and they don't leave the ground. They're just walking around on the ground. But the rope access side is pretty physical. I know that um, Graham Burnett, who has uh, passed away, um, he was a big advocate of trying to push through that there was a rope access medical. Maybe that's something that I rather need to look at again. You know, the industry seems to be getting older. There's uh, guys in their 50s and 60s swinging around on ropes. I'm sure they're all pretty fit but um it would be nice to get a relevant um medical for rope access technicians you know I'm not saying they need to be climbing up a rope to prove that they can do that but you know maybe a doing a bigger uh, step count or being on a treadmill to see what they're doing um but with the uh conclusion from this one obviously as many of you know in the uh in the icop Rope access technicians uh, should be sufficiently fit uh, and free from any disability that might prevent them from working safely at height. So that's what they do. Um, how physically fit, you know, it doesn't really say, but, you know. The uh, reason for most of these incidents, it would appear, is uh, uh, could be related to bad uh, body position, lack of access and egress considerations. You know, they um, one of the technicians needed a rescue, so maybe, and they need to be hauled out of there, so maybe that could have been set up better, but... This was a few years ago. Maybe there's better systems in place now. Recommendations. Um, and I say this to uh, a lot of guys who are out there, you know, warming up before you're doing the uh, rope access. You know, if you go to the gym, you do a warm up, uh, warm the body up before you start working out. Rope access is an uh, active job. So having um, having some sort of warm up is a good idea. Uh, making sure you're using the um, rope access equipment for its intended purpose Getting those harnesses fitted correctly is a big one. I see a lot of guys wandering around, whether it's in a training centre or on site, and their waist belt is loose. It's either hanging down below their hips or there's a massive gap at the back. I tell uh, everybody when they're, when they're putting their harness on, especially new guys, you need to treat it like, you know, whether you're into snowboarding or, you know, uh, wakeboarding, any of those sort of sports where you wear a boot. Your harness is a bit like your boot or, I don't know, rollerblading any of you guys out there rollerblading maybe um making sure that it's nice and snug just like those boots that you wear when you're on your snowboard or in your skis as you move from side to side you don't want your foot moving around in that boot and it's the same with a harness you want it to be nice and tight ensuring that the sternal and the dorsal attachment points are in the right position and when you move on your chest ascender if you're moving it actually moves with you rather than just flopping around you know because this can pull you uh in various different directions. You mentioned there's a groin injury in one of these. You know, if you don't have your harness adjusted correctly, things can move around for us gentlemen out there. And uh, you end up sitting on something you don't want to and standing up pretty quick, so that could cause injuries. So making sure that all of that stuff fits. So yeah, that's, um, you know, safety bulletin 32, strain injuries. There's a few of them there. One of the things for me, um, I'm a pretty good example of this. As many of you all know, I'm... 20-something-odd years in the industry, spent a lot of time ascending, descending ropes. Um, and I've found, uh, I go and visit a physio quite often. I can remember one physio, you know, as they always do with the physios, you go and see them for the first time, strip off to your, to your jocks, to your undies, uh, stand against the wall, and they sort of look at how you're standing and whatever. I remember this uh, Kiwi physio that I saw, she, uh, she sort of looked at me and uh, quite politely said, what the fuck have you been doing? Uh, we took some measurements and it turns out that my right leg is about an inch bigger than my left leg and my right arse cheek is bigger than my left arse cheek because that is 
20 odd years of climbing with my right leg. Um, for about the last five, six years, I have been switching. I use a um, one of the Harkin Ninja, the foot ascenders, if I'm doing ascending, and I stick it on my left boot. So that forces me to use the left side um, or using a um, foot loop and the Harkin Ninja to climb up the ropes, getting a equal steps with both sides. But it can throw your body out. And I know other people that have had, um, you know, some uh, issues with their body over the years, sitting in a harness. You know, the bottom half of your body is kept in a place and then the top half is moving around. I know when I um, had to sit down with Charles Cooper, this is something he's quite passionate about. We had a bit of a chat about that, you know, various uh, back injuries and uh, and things like that that people have experienced. So definitely try and look after yourself out there, getting the right kit, getting yourself nice and comfortable and um, remembering to use both sides of your body. You know, you can most probably drill a hole with your left arm or your right arm, so don't always favour with your, uh, your dominant one and using both legs if you're ascending a lot on the ropes. That's pretty much all I've got for this one, guys. As always, thanks for taking the time to have a listen. Please um, share it with your friends if you can. Follow us on the relevant platforms. Subscribe to the podcast. Just click the appropriate buttons. You'll be getting updates of us going live every week. You can uh, get in touch through our Facebook page, Rope Access Tips, Tricks and Chats, or you can head to ratac.net. If if you've got any questions, definitely reach out to us. Always nice chatting to you guys. But anyway, for now, stay safe. I'll see you soon. Cheers.